Señoras y señores, welcome on back to El Parcero Filicon. This is going to be episode 14 of El Parcero Filicon. Thank you so much for joining on. And before we dive into today, make sure you guys hit that like button. That would truly mean the world to me. Make sure you guys are subscribed, especially if you are a Philly sports fan. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I am so I'm so happy. I'm so excited to bring on our next guest here. I've been talking about this thoroughly in the past couple Flyers game recaps. Ladies and gentlemen, today on El Parcero Filicon, we are joined by the great Miss Jesse Pierce. How are we doing today, Jesse? How welcome. How are you feeling? Uh, thank you. I'm feeling good. I'm digging that intro, man. That is sick. I like <laughs> it. You. It's got a good beat. It's looking sharp. Uh yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. I thank you so much. We, we we just try to bring the good vibes here in Philly. I'm sure you are a little aware how it goes in Philly sports. So just trying to bring some of this good vibes. You know, Vikings and Eagles uh wasn't too long ago, if I recall. So that was fun. Glad we're talking hockey today, though, not football. <laughs> Uh, a, but yes, a, you guys are passionate fans, right? As I forgot to take the Eagles banner away, just ignore that. <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> yes, we are we are talking talking hockey. Um, Jesse, as we always start off here with these El Parcero Flicons, we always start off, we want to know who our guest is. So who the hell is Jesse Pierce? Kind of some some of the work you kind of do here within the hockey world. Loaded question, right? Who am I? I asked myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am a reporter for NHL.com, the Minnesota Wild correspondent, which just means there are about 32 of us uh, correspondents throughout in all league cities. I cover the Wild primarily, but cover any NHL news that comes through. So if the visiting team comes through and something breaks with them, um, you know, actually, I believe when Oscar Lindblom was uh, diagnosed with cancer, that was actually happening in Minnesota. So I got to cover wow. that side, hung in that locker room and, and got to do kind of a little bit deeper of a story there. So uh, that's the primary. I've got a podcast, Bar Down Beauties podcast, where we talk all things hockey there. Um, and then I kind of just write for whomever will have my byline. Uh, I love to talk hockey, love to watch hockey, write about it, all that good stuff. It's a state of hockey. You know, that's what we do here. So I'm very active in, uh, in all that. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, if you will. Well, yeah, obviously, Jesse, we kind of want to obviously chop, uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit, especially your, your hockey brain, the great hockey brain that you have have there. But uh, obviously, of course, you're in Philadelphia. Hockey's not really a bright spot, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, but first, we want to talk about about your uh, hockey club there with the Minnesota Wild. What has life been like this season with the Minnesota Wild, especially some of us who are just entrenched with this downfall of the Flyers? Kind of how's how's the Minnesota Wild doing this year? I mean, you want some fun hockey, come watch the Minnesota Wild, which is not something that usually goes along with the Minnesota Wild. Usually Minnesota is very boring, very vanilla, very defense first. And God love Jacques Lemire, but this is nothing like a team that Jacques Lemire had implemented where that trap defense. This is a high-flying, high-scoring team. Uh, a lot of that credit goes to Kirill Kaprizov, uh, the big acquisition who they dug out in the fifth round, finally came over to Minnesota last year. Won the Calder has absolutely electrified Minnesota's fan base and the league as a whole. Um, you've got Kevin Fiala scoring goals. You got rookie Matt Boldy scoring goals. I mean, it's just really fun hockey to watch. I think they've scored six or more goals, seven or more goals, excuse me, like six times this year, which is just second behind Colorado Avalanche, who they also sit behind in the central. Um, I mean, all things are looking good for Minnesota. They're starting to kind of weeble and wobble a little bit on the defensive end and uh, maybe some goaltending questions there, but really all in all, it's just an offensively juggernaut squad. Who's who's fun to watch has given some good competition against some solid uh, teams out East there, including uh, stomping of Edmonton Oilers recently, a very good game against Carolina hurricanes, not as good of a game against the Ottawa senators or Florida Panthers as of late, but yeah, they're just a really fun, exciting team to watch. Um, definitely one, that's going to make a, a good show in the playoffs, at least the first round. 
They've struggled to get past the first round in pretty much every single year, minus their uh, first couple of years there. Um, so hopefully that's not the case this year. But yeah, it's a it's a strong, strong, deep squad this year for Minnesota. Uh, fun, exciting hockey. We don't know very much. About <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse, you obviously have all eyes around the NHL. You know, from the outside perspective, obviously we have our own thoughts on this on this Philadelphia Flyers hockey club. From the outside, what have you seen from this team in 2022 20, or 21-22? I mean, it's it's been a tough go for you guys. And I, you know, I think it's mostly not to put all the blame on Carter Hart, but that's kind of the the biggest failure, right? I think it's just been they there was so much emphasis on he is this this golden goalie, and it just it hasn't panned out for him. And um, you know, it almost seems like Philadelphia has drifted away from the things that had made them successful, you know, the very um, physical team and, and some of that. And I think that's just kind of, you know, where things shifted a little bit. It seems like there's a large uh, veteran and I say veteran in a nice way of saying a very old presence, which Minnesota has been there. That's been that team for years and years. So um, it's just been interesting. I know you guys have have Chuck Fletcher out there now, too, and I'm very familiar with the moves that he had had formerly made. But, yeah, I mean, I imagine you guys are going to be fairly active come trade deadline. I know the Minnesota wild would love to be in on Claude Giroux if you're wanting to toss him out there, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a rebuild refresh mode that I think Philadelphia has to kind of finally face and say, Hey, what are we going to do this, this off season or, or now and, and move and get better starting next year? Yeah. So here's, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to get to Chuck, right? And I want to, and I want to get your thoughts on Chuck in Minnesota. From what we've seen here thus far, you know, Chuck made it. He made the effort, right? He went out and made some made some gambles. And sometimes in sports and in this business, you got to make some gambles, right? Right now, it's not really panning out. Like he went and and, and clip you had on your podcast, absolutely fantastic about the Risto trade. I I agree, it was a little bit much, but we needed a physical presence in as far as those defensive pairings go. Uh, we went out and got a, a shoot first forward in Cam Atkinson. Um, we signed a Keith Danielson veteran leadership there and Cam very streaky. He's hot. He, when he's hot, he's hot. When he's cold, he's very cold. Risto, uh, he's actually looked all right with, with Sanheim. Those two took a minute for them to kind of figure out. They actually haven't been terrible over the past couple games. Um, but Chuck has been very, very much so willing to make some risks. Now, when I saw him with Minnesota, obviously, listen, you guys made the playoffs almost every, I think every year he was there. Every, you guys made, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Couple, couple first round exits. I won't mess. I won't mention Chicago uh, and I won't, I won't mention the Dallas series as well. Um, but there was a consistency within those playoffs and, and uh, we haven't been able to get there. So I wanted to first off get, what was life like with Chuck as a GM in Minnesota? I mean, he was very well liked, very well respected. I think when when he was let go, it did. It kind of shook every the whole organization pretty hard because he had been around for so long and had made some very promising moves. He brought Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. Now I know they just bought him out, and that was an insane deal. But at that time in 2013, that was huge. Those are the two biggest free agents on the market, and they came to Minnesota. So I mean, that was really great. He had drafted Mikhail Granlin. He, he traded for Nino Niederreiter. Um, Devin Dubnik came up and and became a great goaltender after he traded for him for basically nothing. Um, and Eric Stahl even too. I mean, those were some big moves that he made that really bettered this team. And, and they looked really, really good for a very, very long time. However, then it kind of stopped and Chuck kind of played in the, in the now rather than in the future. Whereas Billy Guerin very much plays 
for the future. He didn't want to trade prospects for the longest time. There were no prospects. Uh, Chuck had traded all of them away and there were just no first rounds and you didn't really build any of that youth up. You looked at the guys that were available and could play now and were ready NHL ready now. And it wasn't really um, developing for the future. You know, it's, it's, that's kind of what he was like. And again, it worked well. Like you mentioned, they didn't miss the playoffs very often. You know, it just didn't happen. I think it once or twice, there was a streak of eight straight years, I think. Um, but then again, it was also eight straight exits after the first round too. I mean, it, it was just, it was a tough way to go. And yes, you could say, Oh, you're running into buzz saws and Jake Allen, but it's like, I just think that there were some pieces that Chuck never really was able to get around to move. And, and again, I think a lot of that was looking toward the future and getting some of that usefulness injected into them that they desperately needed, which is paying off right now. I mean, this is a very young Minnesota wild team. I go into that locker room now and I'm like, Oh God, I am so old. Like these are such <laughs> young kids. Like I bring back the Parisis. We can talk about parenting and stuff like that. Like <laughs> Jesus. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, that was a big thing for Chuck. Again, he was really well liked. It was just kind of, there were a lot of questions and I can get into the worst trades he's ever made because there are quite a few of those as well. Well, well, let's get to them. What were some of the moves? And obviously we can go free agency trades that kind of led to the downfall Chuck out of Minnesota. I mean, you can start with trading Brent Burns. Now, granted, Brent Burns was never going to be the Brent Burns that we know now in the system that Minnesota had currently implemented. Because as I would mentioned, it was a very defensive heavy. It was not an offensive set mine. And Brent Burns is phenomenal because he can play both sides of the puck, right? But again, that was a prospect that he had traded away um, in exchange. I think it was Charlie Coyle that they brought here. And Charlie never really panned out because he never had that consistency. That one, the biggest one that every Minnesota Wild fan still cries about, I mean, myself included, they traded for Martin Hansel and Ryan White. And this was during a time when Minnesota, that's when I had just started covering the team fully for NHL. They were rolling. It was 2016-17. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to make the Stanley Cup Finals. And then they go and trade a first round pick for Martin Hansel and a second round pick plus a conditional pick for Ryan White. And everybody's like, why in the hell would you do this? Um, and it didn't pan out at all. It was terrible. The Wild ended up losing in a five-game series to the St. Louis Blues. Just still haunts everyone's memory. You mentioned Martin Hansler, Ryan White around these parts. It's like, nope, done. Get out of here. It was just terrible. And then I think the other one that tops it, and it's always tough, it was expansion year, right? So you have Alex Tuck and Eric Halla go to Vegas. Everybody knows how well they panned out. And again, looking at Alex Tuck, he was a prospect. He was a guy that was going to turn in. Well, had, would he still be the Alex Tuck that everyone had known and seen in Vegas? Again, I don't know, but it was the, again, that was just Chuck not willing to let these guys grow and develop and become the players. He was in Darcy Kemper's another one as well. So yeah, those guys are all have done really well outside of Minnesota. And of course, every team cringes when they see that, but those were some of the worst trades that I think, uh, Chuck had made and it, it was really fun. And I could say Nick Letty too. I forgot about him. That was also one that uh, was under the belt. So yeah, he, he had a couple mistakes. mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, look, we, we just mentioned this past. I even mentioned Ryan Ellis as well. And I, I, it feels like his heart was in the right place in a lot of these moves, but you know, it, it just didn't, does not every gamble is always going to pay off. And that's kind of what it, it feels like here right now in Philadelphia. And it's put us in a tough spot when you're missing Ryan Ellis, Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, the list goes on and on and on. And right right now we have Gary Mayhew, who's got six goals on the season, and you know him from his time in Minnesota. It's Jerry time, baby. We yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he's, he's actually added a great bit of energy along with Isaac Ratcliffe, another youngster who's like a big body winger, has been adding some nice, pro, uh, nice energy too. 
Um, I wanted to ask you as well, because what I've noticed under Chuck Fletcher, now this could be coaching as well. This is not just Chuck, mm -hmm. but there's been regressions with some good young prospects that we've had. You mentioned Carter Hart. I think Carter's bounced back this year, but last year it was obviously a big step back. But even guys like Yvonne Proveroff, Sandheim has bounced back this year. Um, Travis connecting as well, but you're you're getting the narrative here. Like mm -hmm. we we're, these guys aren't going in the directory that we thought they would go. Did you see something similar with Minnesota? I know you mentioned earlier he would just kind of trade away, but were there any young players that just weren't panning out under his tutelage or under? His I mean, I guess you could look at Charlie Coyle again, but I suppose I would point to that more so toward the coaching. They just never found a fit for Charlie, and there were a couple guys too. I mean. Nino did well here. He had a couple big games, Jason Zucker. I mean, there was a core that was here while Chuck was here, but it seems like they never found their groove. And there were a handful of coaching changes during that time as well that Chuck managed to uh, to stay ahead of. So, I mean, that never helps anybody, right? New systems coming in and out. I think Mike Yo, who you guys are familiar with, came in. Bruce Boudreau <laughs> came in. Yeah, right? I mean, so there, were, there was that to be considered. But, yeah, I mean, there just weren't enough prospects ever for anybody to witness. And I think what I have seen – um, in glimpses out of Philly is like, I don't know that the team's really gelled. You guys haven't had the opportunity to fully gel, which had been a problem here a couple times in Minnesota. I never felt like there was a strong locker room presence like there is right now. So I think, um, again, I don't know how much that falls on Chuck that falls on the right. leadership in the room and, and, you know, starting at, at the bench as well. But, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of more what I saw. It seems like Philly, you guys are struggling to gel a little bit. And again, in Minnesota, there were those instances um, and just not enough youth brought in to even try to, to shake things up in the room. In, in your honest opinion, when do you feel it is right to start bringing some guys up from the AHL to the, to the NHL? I think you have to, you know what? The thing that I really, really love about how Minnesota is handling the development of these players is they're not in any rush. So right now in the AHL system, Marco Rossi, who everyone has just been clamoring for here because Minnesota needs depth up the middle. They do not have a true number one center. Ryan Hartman is probably considered the number one because he's with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. He's not a number one center and Jewel Erickson X, not quite an, they're just nobody there. Marco Rossi has been hailed as the next coming of the best center Minnesota's ever seen. He's still in the AHL right now and nobody's more pissed about that than Marco Rossi, but it's because Billy Guerin knows what he's doing and, and saying, I'm not, I don't want him to come up here and just be a part-time NHLer. I want these guys to come up and be NHL ready. And that has paid off with Matt Boldy last year. Everyone wanted to see Matt Boldy in the playoffs because he was also another second coming of a great winger and he's going to do all these things. And Billy Guerin's like, nope, he's not, he's not ready. He wants him to be a hundred percent ready. And, and Kalen Addison uh, on the back end as well. I, I think there's just a lot of patience that needs to be taken into consideration because some guys certainly are just full-time AHL guys. And I thought, you know, I'm glad to see uh, Jerry doing well with you guys because yeah. the glimpses you saw up here, you kind of wondered if maybe he was just that AHL guy, right? That maybe could step up in the show, but it's it's tremendous to see because he had a hell of a career down in Iowa in the AHL for for Minnesota, and and the little peaks we saw were great. But yeah, I think it's just being patient and making sure they're fully ready because it is it's a totally different game, right? I mean, yeah. even from the A, and it's just I think if you have a college player, it seems like that transitions a little bit easier too. Matt Boldy had played college hockey went to AHL dominated and it's been a very seamless transition for him. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but I think it's just a matter of being patient and knowing that it's not necessarily your first round picks that are these guys that are just going to come in either. Right. I mean, you just got to yeah. make sure that they are fully 100% ready because it's uh it's no fun for anybody to watch it come up and kind of 
dud out and, and not pan out as like you mentioned. Yeah, Mayhew uh, Mania is a real thing here in Philly. And I, <laughs> I will commend him. He see he saw an opportunity, right? This team just needs something, a jolt. Whatever he this team needs, he will do. And that's that's, that's such a great mentality. And I he has a long standing career. He came in the league, what, 2017, if I'm not mistaken? I think so. It felt like forever. I mean, he was just down there <laughs> hamming it up for a while. And and again, he came up once or twice. I think he was on the podcast too last year. But hey. he just, yeah, only had quick little glimmers and it wasn't uh, quite what they were looking for, I guess. Have you been to an uh, Iowa Wild game? You know what? I haven't. It's funny because I was been home to like a number of different AHL teams. I had gone when they were the Iowa Hogs, I think, and they were the affiliate for Anaheim, maybe. And that was year. That was like literally a decade ago. But I've never been to an Iowa Wild game. I do need to get down there. But it's it's Iowa, you know. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't hurt the Moines is a great spot now these days. It's, it can be, I, yeah, I it can be all right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got me thinking as well. Um, Mike Yo, I feel like he got put in a really really tough situation. You know, replacing Alain Vigneault, I feel like he's a great dude. I feel like he's got a good head on his shoulders, but this job is just way too difficult for anyone. You know, what, what kind of what, what was Mike Yo like uh, when he was the coach of the Wild? I mean, I felt like he's always been put in these terrible positions. Anytime oh, he gets that man. head coaching job, you feel for him. Like it's just it's tough. Um, I think he's one of the lesser success yeah not least successful but he was not very successful here in minnesota again some of the teams that he had around him there was no way that he wasn't going to make the playoffs but i don't know that he ever really commanded maybe some of the respect that he deserved i felt like a lot of the times that he was the leader he wasn't the leader it was a very player-led team which can be good but it felt like they were kind of running all over him more or less that didn't feel like you know they were it was their way or the highway so i think that's where mike had kind of failed and and the reason why they decided that he just wasn't the guy and and yeah he's in kind of a no-win situation now again in in philly where it's like what do you and i don't know that they should have expectations for him to really turn it around anyway right he was put in that position midway through the year and it's just kind of like that it is what it is now mike but yeah. here you go good luck i imagine that uh that interim tag will not be removed for poor Mr. Mike Yo after uh, after this year. <laughs> yeah, man, it's tough when you got a team just relying on dirty monkey goals, just getting in front of that, just deflections, and and he, he's trying. He's he's definitely trying, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. Um, do you do you think Chuck can 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 fix this? Because it, it from what it sounds like, and if you listen to to Dave Scott, the CEO of the Flyers, it seems like Chuck is not going anywhere. Chuck is going to have every opportunity to kind of fix it. Do you think Chuck has what it takes from all his trial and tribulations? Can he fix the Philadelphia Flyers? I think so. I mean, I think he does know the game. And again, he's a very well-respected GM across the league. So, I mean, guys will take his call. It's, you know, I don't know, again, that you're going to find an immediate fix on the trade market. He's going to have to move Claude Giroux, right? He's going to have to move some of these big name guys who have been staples in Philadelphia, right? But I think it's time for kind of a new resurgence, new regime in that room, uh, which will be behoove you guys. It'll do really well. So I think he can. I mean, I, I'm interested to see what happens at the draft. Again, I think it's just more or less about Chuck identifying the right type of young players. I mean, he was the one that identified Kirill Kaprizov in the fifth round, and this guy's a superstar. So, I mean, he knows what to look for. It just might take a little bit more time. Uh, I'm sure you Philly fans are not quite that patient. Neither are we in Minnesota. I get it. But, um, you know, it just might take a little bit, a, a year or two to kind of get that full, complete turnaround. I mean, you've got a lot of holes that you have to identify. But Chuck, uh, I do believe that he would be able to do it. Now, now Minnesota's, I mean, it's a 
really big hockey state and town, right? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's like Canada, pretty much. Right? We do yeah, like I to figured. think that we're like Canada. I mean, basically from everything from the cold to the politeness to our hockey fandom, it's uh, it's very similar to to our neighbors to the north. Jesse, I do apologize. The only thing I know about Minnesota hockey is the Mighty Ducks, and that's the only <laughs> thing I do. Hey, we'll take that. We are so proud of that. It's funny when <laughs> when Anaheim got that team. I remember I had a friend that was super big fan of them. And you're in this was back God, in 2007 when Anaheim beat Minnesota, ended up winning the cup, all oh of that God. stuff. And I was like, your team is literally based on a youth hockey team in Minnesota. <laughs> like, that's your whole thing is like the Mighty Ducks were a youth team in Minnesota. Like, this is bullshit. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. Mighty Ducks is a, it's a great flick. You got to love, love that it. movie. Yeah. My Have you seen all three? I have seen all three. I even started watching the show on Disney Plus, which. Oh. Yeah. I it's it's okay. Um, I I don't like how they made Gordon Bombay into this like old like he's Crusty just like this man. Yeah, he's like a miserable old man. I'm like, what happened to yeah. Coach Bombay? And I don't like that the Ducks are the bad guys. Like, no, yeah. that's not what what happens. The Mighty Ducks are the good guys. So it's yeah. Don't even talk different. about the Hawks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, oh, but uh, I should have so, worn my Ducks jersey. Had I known that, I would have because I do I, have a Mighty Ducks jersey. So. Uh, I my my parents' place, which is not far from where I live now. I do have a Mighty Ducks uh, jersey, not like the Ducks from the movie, but like the actual like the the what, what do they call the Mighty Wing or Wing uh, the oh, mascot? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the mask, the like white jersey with the purple. Yeah, and, yeah. Okay, I got that, the Charlie Conway green peewee. Oh, that's pee, whatever. That is pretty nice. I always say it's it's the one where Paul Korea got uh got knocked out in that that jersey. But uh, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um but that that's definitely a classic one and, and you know even in like fashion i see like the these like fashionistas wearing like the mighty ducks jerseys the old school the, the peewee the the movie ones yeah. as well so it's yeah. it's definitely a classic uh one more question just out of fun um what is it like being a minnesota sports fan now here in philly like we have our fair share of you know heartbreaks and whatnot we could be a little bit crazy but the life of a minnesota fan it's at, it's might be as it's more miserable. Terrible. Yeah. You guys have like championships to look at. Like there's nothing. Our last championship was 91 with uh, the Minnesota twins. I mean, granted, I got to give love to my ladies because the Minnesota Lynx crush it. They've won championship That's after right. championship. So there is that um, the Vikings, you know, it's, it's hard to be a Vikings fan every single year. Um, you know, field goals are again, haunting our dreams all the time. It's just, it's brutal. And we have Kirk Cousins to deal with. That's a whole other thing. Uh, Minnesota, you got Norm Green, who goes and ships off our team to Dallas, and they go win a Stanley Cup shortly after. So that's really fun. Um, and the Timberwolves finally getting to be okay. But again, you, let's see Kevin Garnett raise a championship. Steph Curry, we didn't need him. Passed on him in the draft. I mean, literally everything. Like twice. It's, just, it's so twice. hard. It is so hard. Yeah, twice. Exactly. Like, oh, my God. It kills it. It kills you. It it absolutely and especially because we're so passive aggressive here too. We're like it's fine, it's fine, and it's never fine. It's never fine. So we'd love to win a championship of some sort just so we can like feel good about ourselves again. But really, it's it's a long way off. Vikings have a ways to go. Uh, the Wild probably your best shot. I get again the Timberwolves. They're looking okay, but they're not going to do anything. So that's uh it's tough it's uh it's a little crazy we can be a little little hostile but mostly pretty nice 
<laughs> it's it's funny because I, I actually this so if everyone is wondering this is being recorded on Wednesday, February twenty third. The night before I had a Minnesota United uh, podcaster and of yeah. course uh Saturday is the opening for the MLS. Philly and Minnesota actually open up together. Um, but he was telling me about the NWSL team you guys have now, which I yes, the Aurora. Yeah. yeah, love the name, love the colors, brand spanking new. Um, you know, they're probably going to follow in the Lynx footstep, go win some championships, do our thing, awesome. right? Because it takes a woman to get shit done around here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. It's super exciting. I'm excited to go check out some games. I actually haven't even been to a United game yet. That's on my to-do list. I hear they're fun. I passed on Beautiful the... Passed on the whole, what was it, Nicaragua uh, U.S. men's team that they had hosted here. Did you hear about that? Oh, my God. Like the negative mm, 17 yeah. or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That was oh. good. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what Minnesota does. The TikToker I, I sent you over, um, he was at the Red Redhead Sports. He was at the game. His beer frozen. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's crazy. Yeah. It was just, I mean, we did it at the Winter Classic this year. It was negative 13 there as well. Set the record for coldest outdoor hockey game in NHL history. Um, But that's hockey, right? Like, you know that that's what you're going to expect. These poor Nicaraguan players, like, that's not, you can't submit these people to that. Like, that's just terrible. Like, what just bad, bad planning, bad performing. I get it was a cool idea, maybe in the grand scheme, but just brutal. (laughs) awesome stuff all right well as we always end here we always like to do some uh rapid fire uh just quick five questions quick answers all in fun jesse are you ready i think so all right let's get it so first up um if you could would you bring back the north stars name a la like the charlotte hornets did when they were the bobcats and switch over the hornets would you bring back the north stars name 100%. 100%. People here are still incredibly obsessed with the Minnesota North Stars. Like, at some point, we need to move on, but it's also <laughs> such a rich part of our, our history. I mean, that was actually the closest they ever got to winning a Stanley Cup was under the North Stars. They lost to Pittsburgh. But uh, it was, yeah, everybody loves the North Stars. It's like this piece of nostalgia that they'll never let go. So I think hands down. Plus, I don't love the wild name. I'm not going to lie. It's just kind of meh to me. And the colors like come the- from. It's was it was like fan voted, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, that it was like a fan voted name. And I mean, yeah, we've got wilderness here or whatever. Did you know that it's a bear head? Yeah. 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 I actually that, like but did you know that there's like a forest in the background of the bear head? Like, yeah, like inside the bear, yeah. right? For yeah, some yeah, reason, yeah, yeah. people never realize that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's very clear to me, but I don't know. That's good. I'm glad you know that. But yeah, I would absolutely bring back the North Stars. I'm going to thank my backyard hockey days for knowing that one. So (laughs) thank you for that one. Um, Okay. So uh, I was informed last night that Minnesota sports does not like Chicago sports. So in one word, what are your thoughts on Chicago sports? Mm, um, God, just one word. I don't know. (laughs) I got many words. Um, Gross. We'll just say gross. (laughs) It kind of feels like, so like here in Philly, we hate New York. Like we, New yeah. York sports, we hate, it kind of feels like that with you too in Minnesota and Chicago. A little bit. I mean, the Blackhawks wild rivalry used to be insane. Blackhawks suck. So it's been like, we've taken a sweet victory, but then you got the White Sox too. We hate the White Sox. Um, Bears are up there. They're not quite the Packers, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun to have those division rivals, right? And that's a, a yeah. city that we're often up against. So yeah, we'll go with gross. Uh, your favorite wild and I'll throw in slash North Star player of all time. 
Mike Madonna, hands wow. down. It's tough Let's because do. he obviously went to Dallas, uh, but I mean, he was just this young rookie kid with a sick flow coming in, playing for the North Stars. Sick um, head of lettuce. Sick head of lettuce, right? So yeah, it would uh, definitely Mike Madonna. Is he from Minnesota? He's from Michigan, but he okay. was kind of an adopted son. He's actually working for the uh, the Wild organization right now as kind of just, I oh, think he's just circle. there by name, you know, like, oh, hey, we have Mike Madonna. Like, oh, okay, we'll pay for tickets or whatever we want because Mike Madonna's there. So it's, it's like when the Blues welcome in Martin Bredor. Exactly, right? We'll exactly. <laughs> All right. Most heartbreaking Minnesota sports moment for you. Gary Anderson missing the field goal. It's the first time I ever saw my dad cry. Um, that was the year. God, what year? 98. It was 1998. And like literally our radio stations had changed. That was when Will Smith's um, Welcome to Miami was huge. And that's when the Super Bowl was in Miami. So our radio station had changed everything. Like, oh, the Vikings are going to Miami. And like all of the like I, our city was on fire. Right. Like we're going. Dude hadn't missed a field goal ever in his entire freaking career and he goes wide left and it was like an easy little chip shot it was nothing bad it was just it was heartbreaking like i said my dad cried it was the first time he's ever taken his jersey off too and like put oh it on the bar God. and it was yeah it was just like <laughs> oof. i mean and that sums up minnesota vikings football in a nutshell like it was like what and, and that's when you had chris carter and randy moss and it was like there was no reason that team should not have gone to the super bowl and won but yeah, well, you know, we were, we were we were rooting for the Vikings. Obviously, we love Cunningham even to this day here in Philly. And yes. of course, uh, Chris Carter, too. It was it was sad how it ended, but I think that worked out in the best because he wound up having a great career um, as well. But yeah, I, that's definitely going to be tough. It can Absolutely. never move past it. It's just, yeah, like, oof. God, it's so sad. <laughs> All right. So final question. So obviously here in Philly, like if you're coming here, you're looking for a bite to eat, everyone's like, oh, you got to get a cheesesteak, Pat's, Gino's, wherever, Dallas Andrews. Uh, what is a staple? Like if I went to I've been to Minnesota. If I went to Minnesota, what's staple food I gotta go eat and try? You gotta have a juicy Lucy, which is a what? cheese a stuffed Lucy. hamburger. Um, it's like it you gotta go to Matt's bar. I think Matt's bar. There's two places that claim they have the original. I suggest going to Matt's bar for it because it's more divey and it's just kind of cool. Um is this yeah, Minneapolis, St. Paul, or Minneapolis. It's kind yeah. of in between, okay. actually, technically. Like it's okay. in between. I don't remember which side of the river it's on. But uh yeah, it's a cheese stuffed hamburger and it's just so freaking good. Like you have to be a little careful when you bite into it, because that cheese can come squirting out at you pretty hard that and pretty hot. Pretty hot but yeah. yeah. But that's kind of like our biggest thing, I think, that that Minnesota's known for is this juicy Lucy hamburger. So juicy we love our meat and we love our cheese in the Midwest. So there you go. <laughs> it's a big Midwest thing from what I hear. So that's yeah. pretty cool. I'll definitely yeah. check that out. Have you had a cheesesteak in Philly yet? I haven't. I only I popped over to Philly one. I say popped over. I was living in uh, <laughs> central New York and I was covering lacrosse. And so I covered a tournament oh, cool. in Philly. But it was like a real quick here for the tournament and the games. I think Syracuse was playing uh maryland or something like that so yeah and then headed home so it's on the to-do list i'll get there i'll get around to it you are always more than welcome here jesse we Thank would you. love to have you over here <laughs> uh i don't know if you know of devin caney she actually got me into lacrosse so i'm a big advocate for lacrosse as well so that's that's pretty awesome it's pretty great awesome sport. great sport oh yeah fast pace i love it. similar to hockey so. it's a lot like hockey exactly absolutely uh well jesse before we let you go where can people find your wonderful work 
keep up yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse, J E S S I underscore Pierce, P I E R C E. Um, a lot of my writing on NHL.com, USA Hockey Magazine, and then also follow the Bar Down Beauties. New episodes released yes. every Monday. We've got uh, Marco Rossi, that prospect I had mentioned coming up, and then Matt Cook also will be on the podcast uh, in the next couple episodes. So go check us out. We're fun. And I'm on TikTok. I think my name's Jesse underscore Pierce there too. We'll work on making it cooler eventually, but that's all. Oh, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> on there. I, lo- I love the content. Absolutely. <laughs> I will leave the links for all that guys in the description below. So you guys make sure to check that out. Jesse, seriously, thank you so much for hopping on. And thank you for giving that insight on Chuck and, and, uh, and the Minnesota wild days as well. It was, it was truly an honor talking to you today. Hey, I appreciate you having me anytime. Uh, best of luck to you Philly fans and uh, say hi to Chuck for me when you can. <laughs> Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Jesse Pierce. Let's get it.